to welcome everybody to church today. I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. My name is Andrew. If you do not know me, I am the lead pastor. Uh, we are in a series called Refuge. And the big idea uh, of Refuge is that God is calling uh, this church to be a refuge of different things, whether it's hope and courage. And eventually we'll get on a different subject other than courage. But right now, we're stuck in courage because I believe that God wants and needs a courageous church right now uh, in our culture. And, and so we've been talking about courage for many, many weeks, and we're going to still probably talk about it uh, in the coming weeks too. And so we're just going to keep going until God tells us to stop. And so the big idea is that we become a safe place, a mighty fortress uh, where, uh, man, refuge of hope, where hope and, and courage, and, and man, we can become a refuge of, of warfare. It's really a safe place where people can uh, find healing and, and, and be discipled and sent out into the world. And so that's the big uh, idea uh, in this series. If you've missed any parts of this series, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch all of the messages, past messages. Um, you can also listen to our podcast. We have a podcast on iTunes and Spotify um, if you want to catch up that way, okay? Uh, before we get into it, uh, real quick, I got two things I want to talk about. One, really exciting uh, we are launching our learning center November 1st. Come on. It's been a long time coming. Lots of prayers. And uh, the, the heart behind having a learning center here is that we can disciple uh, children from, from zero. Uh, that's really our heart and, and the things that are going on in our school system and everything. And we want to have a safe place where, where they can be trained up from zero uh, to five. And, and then we're going to do a, a pre, uh, pre-kindergarden uh, starting in January. And so um, we, we just want to create a safe place. If you have kids and, and that are in daycare, uh, we would love to have them. Or if you have friends, uh, just, just send them our way. We have a couple open houses coming up over the next couple weeks as we, as we launch November 1st. It's, uh, we've just seen the need uh, in, in our society and, and uh, to create a safe place for kids to learn about Jesus. It, it is a Christian learning center um, and, and it's got curriculum and we're going to be discipling uh, your kids uh, from zero to five as you're at work, okay? And, and it's just a, uh, just a, a comfort feeling um, to have your kids in a safe place where are learning about Jesus. And so that's our heart and that's going to be launching November 1st, and we're just really excited about that. Uh, and then uh, I just want to reiterate uh, one of Matt's announcements about Catalyst Sunday next week, our, our youth takeover. Uh, man, here's the vision and the heart behind it from your pastor. Uh, what I've noticed and what I've seen, and statistically this proves true, is that when, when young adults, when students, when teenagers are in the church, many times churches separate the youth from big church, right? And, and they're just like, you're loud. Okay, just go over there and don't come over here. And so there's a separation. And so uh, young adults and teenagers, they don't understand um, how to become part of the church because essentially uh, the, the big church doesn't let them, right? And so uh, by next week having, you know, our students take over and, and, and doing the announcements and doing the prayer, and we're going to have, uh, Tyler's going to be speaking next week. And man, if you've never heard him speak, man, you, he is anointed and gifted and it's an awesome time for you to hear his heart uh, over the church. And, and, and so, man, and so what happens is when uh, students graduate high school and they get a job or they move away or they go to college, 
uh, they don't understand the importance of being part of the body of Christ. And so we want to do that starting next week. And my hope is that it continues, is that the students, our teenagers feel like this is your church and you're part of this church. You matter, you have talent, you're gifted, uh, and we need you uh, integrated in, in, in the church. And so when you graduate high school and you go to college and you go to a, you understand that you need to get into a body of Christ. Like that's essential, that's important for your life. And so that's going to be an awesome time next week. We're going to celebrate it um, as we see different teens in different areas. Okay, awesome. You guys ready? Part six, refuge of courage. I know none of you are surprised. Um, we're going to talk about courage uh, uh, again. Um, this is one of these messages, not quite different than other messages, but I have points, but I've just really just let the Holy Spirit say, okay, God, what do you have to say to your people today that have come to hear a word from you? Uh, and, and so um, let's go through the definition of courage this morning, and then we'll pray and get into God's word. The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain without fear. And so what we're going to tackle today, what we're going to tackle today is that word fear, specifically the spirit of fear, okay? That, that's specifically what we're going to tackle today. Now, I know we have new people that come all the time, that watch us online, and so let me just preface this morning what we're going to be talking about we talk a lot about spiritual warfare here at Passionate Life Church. I teach a lot about deeper things, specifically spiritual warfare, because I want you to have the tools to get the victory over Satan in your life because he's looking to kill, steal, and destroy your marriage, your family, your finances. He, he's attacking you, and he loves to use different demonic spirits to attack us. And one that he's deploying over our country today is the spirit of fear. And so I want you to be able to recognize and acknowledge what spirit is attacking you so you can cast it out of your life, so, so it has no hold over your life and your heart and your mind. And so... I know some of you are going to be like, oh my goodness, we're, we're going there, right? But let's, we, we go there almost every week. And so, because I want you to be equipped. I want you to have all the tools. I want you to feel confident and walking in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and there's nothing in Satan's toolbox that he can send against us and win, okay? And so I want us to have the tools. And so we're going to be talking about the spirit of fear today. Listen, remember, we don't fight against flesh and blood, okay? We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers of the air. Okay, come on, let's pray, and we'll get into God's Word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for every person that's in this room today, Father. It's not by mistake that they're here. You've got a word for them. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds to the understanding of your Word today, God. Father, I just pray against every spirit of distraction right now, God. For the next 30 minutes, let's be laser-focused on the word that you have for us today. God, I just pray that you'd help me get out of the way, all of you and none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Uh, what I want to do, I want to simplify this thing called fear as much as I can. I know it's a huge, massive subject, but I, I just want to simplify it as much as I can and put it in two categories. The first category would be emotional fear, okay? And, and emotional fear... Uh, 
is fear that we come in contact with every single day because we are human, right? We're living in a fallen world, we're human, and so we're going to experience this thing called fear. And depending on what translation of the Bible you're reading, there's 365 scriptures that specifically tell us, do not be afraid or do not fear, okay? Why did God do that? He did that because he knew that every day we would encounter some type of emotion of fear. And so he's given us a scripture for every single day of the year. Come on, somebody. Do not be afraid. Don't fear, right? Because he knew that, 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 that it would, you know, we would experience fear because we're human and we live in a, in a fallen world. A fallen world. And, and so the thing about emotional fear or, or fears that, that um, you know, come into our thoughts or, or anything like that, those fears can be overcome. Those emotional fears can be overcome simply by uh, getting around people that can encourage us. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. My son Jude, he's 10. He was terrified of roller coasters. Okay, he was ter- He would not go on a big roller coaster. He would avoid them. He, he you know, he absolutely not, Dad. I could never do that. And and this summer, uh, we went to a music park with his cousins, and all of his cousins were going on roller coasters, and they encouraged Jude. They said, Jude, you can do it. Come on, overcome your fear and do it. And so finally, he did, and he roll. He rode, you know, several different large roller coasters. Well, he was able to overcome his fear because his friends encouraged him that he could do it. Like, that's the emotional fear that we can overcome simply by being around people that will encourage us. The spirit of fear is something different, okay? The spirit of fear is something different. The spirit of fear is something that, that Satan deploys on our lives. Let's, let's read the definition, and we're going to look at the, the Greek word of the spirit of fear that is, it's delily. Delia, it's Greek. Come on, somebody. Delia, and, and this means cowardice or timidity. A person with a spirit of fear or timidity may shy away from proclaiming the gospel or upholding the truth of God's word. This happens because of an impending sense of threat or danger, whether it is real or imagined. Okay? So I want you to put a pin in that definition, okay? And, and how we see that emotional fear is different than the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is specifically targeting us to not talk about God's word, okay? Or live in God's word. That's specifically what uh, the spirit of fear is targeting. But I want you to put a pin in it. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Okay. So uh, where, where I want to start today in, in Scripture, I want to start in Second Timothy today. And let me just give you some context before we get into the Scripture. I love the book of Timothy, uh, man, because it's an intimate letter from a spiritual father to a son. And, and it's, I've got two sons, and, and so I love the way Paul talks to Timothy. And, and he's almost, I would guess that he's more than just someone he's mentoring or discipling, that he literally sees Timothy as a son because he speaks so clear and direct and intimate uh, to to Timothy. And uh, we're not told that Timothy has a male dominant figure in his life other than than Paul. And so uh, I I just love the book of Timothy uh, and, and just the way Paul speaks to his spiritual 
son, because you, you talk to your son differently than you would other people, and, and he's really direct with Timothy um, and, and what's going on in, in his life. And so let, let's go ahead and read 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7, and we're going to see here in this passage that the Apostle Paul specifically calls out the spirit of fear that's attacking Timothy. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that has filled your grandma Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Okay, let, let's pause there for a second, okay? When the Apostle Paul lays hands on you, stuff happens, right? Like, we've seen that in Scripture. When the Apostle Paul lays hands on people, people get healed, right? Demons get casted out, right? When the Apostle Paul lays his hands on you, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You start speaking in tongues, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when the Apostle Paul lays his hands on you, you, man, stuff happens, right? And he's reminding Timothy, he's like, listen, Timothy, remember when I lay my hands on you and you got filled with the Holy Spirit and that burning fire that was in you, go back to that time and I need you to fan that flame. I, I need that flame of the Holy Spirit to start burning inside of you. And if you're wondering what we uh, believe about the Holy Spirit, we just did a series called The Advantage. Go online, watch it. Uh, but we believe here at Passion Life Church that it's a separate experience than salvation and being baptized in water that you actually have to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you because there's gifts and, and there's fruit that come with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Apostle Paul is reminding Timothy, saying, Timothy, man, fan that fight. Man, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is in you. And I want to remind you that you have that inside of you. And not just to let it lay dormant, but to fan that flame. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Let's continue. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Okay, so today what we're going to do, we're going to tackle... Uh, the four goals of the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear has, has specific four goals uh, for our life. Let's start with number one. Number one is to keep us in constant state of cowardice towards the word of God. The spirit of fear wants us to be ashamed of being a Christian. The spirit of fear wants us to be ashamed to be uh, someone who lives their life by the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. What's that first word? What is it? It's not some or just the ones you like or just the ones that make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Now listen, I looked this word up in Greek, and it means all. <laughs> all scripture is inspired by God. Guys, this is where we have to start. I talked about last week that 
becoming a rock and a foundation. Guys, this is our foundation. Period. All scripture is God-breathed. The end. Like, this is where we have to start. Like, like and, and, and for some people, like, well, are you sure? About yes, I'm sure. All scripture is God-breathed. Even the ones that make you feel really uncomfortable. All of it. And this, guys, this is where we have, you want to, Unity starts when we believe this, and we're a church that, like, guys, the Word of God has to be our plumb line. The Word of God has to be what we base everything in our life on. And you want to talk about a good God? Like, man, we have such a good God that he didn't, he wasn't like, okay, good luck, figure it out, right? Instead, he gives us an instructional manual. And say, I love you so much. I want you, to, I want you to be successful. I want you to have wisdom. I want you to have vision for your life. I want you to have purpose. I want you to know your identity. And so I'm going to write a book for you. And it's going to have all the instructions you need to live a life for me. Guys, all scripture is God-breathed. Okay, that's where we need to start, okay? All scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us what is true. He even tells us what Scripture is for, okay? To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. And so here's the issue, okay? Does anybody like to be corrected? Some of you are like, I just, I love it. (laughs) When my boss just rips me and just... You know what I really love is when my spouse does it. <laughs> love correction. Right? Like, we naturally don't love correction. And so, we, we read scripture and it's like, oh, I don't, oh. Telling me I'm wrong, right? And this is what, like, this is where the struggle and the tension comes in is when we read the word of God and, and none of us like to be corrected, and none of us like to be wrong. And, and so when the Bible tells us that we're wrong, God is asking us to change, to repent and change the way we're living. Right? He's asking us to respond to his words. And, and so because we don't naturally like correction, we don't naturally like to be told that we're wrong, sometimes reading the Bible can be hard or, or hearing the truth from the word of God can be difficult. God uses it to prepare and equip. Man, God is preparing and equipping us for good works. Like, like, man, he's equipping us. He's preparing us to do what? To do good things, right? Like, that's why he's given us scripture. And so we are living in a time, in a culture, guys, where it is going to become less and less popular to tell people that you're a Christian. You're going to get stank face. Listen, I I have conversations with people that they want to argue with me about the Word of God, and and they're like, well, it's old-fashioned, Pastor. There's a lot of things that are old-fashioned in that book. And How can it be culturally, you know, culturally relevant in, in today's culture like like how B 
because it's God's word. Like, it, yeah, his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. Thank God we're not our own God, okay? We, thank God his thoughts are higher than ours. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you want to worship a God and live for a God that you can, you know, rationalize in your mind? No, I want to serve a God that's supernatural, whose ways are far above my ways, whose thoughts are far above my thoughts. And, and, and so here's the other issue is that you can go to a church and, and they'll help you rationalize some of your sin. And we're not going to do that here, okay? We're, we're just, no, like, we've got to stay. The Word of God has to be our, our plumb line. And like, I understand it's not popular and it's not, uh, you know, you might get canceled at work for having a Bible study. Like, I don't, like, Young adults, students, listen to me for a second, okay? Because I know this is a big issue in your school. Is that the Word of God, okay, wants you to stay a virgin. Okay, wants to save yourself for your spouse. Wants you to, to hold on to your, your purity, okay? The school will tell you that you shouldn't do that. And they'll actually encourage you to not do that. You're going to get pure pressure, okay? Guys, that's, listen, that's the spirit of fear trying to give you, trying to get you to give up something that is really precious to God. And, and listen, some of you are like, well, I feel like God doesn't want me to do fun things, right? Like, oh, like, why doesn't he want me to do that? Like, that seems fun, right? Like, listen, God wants you to do fun things, but just in a different context of marriage, okay? Between a man and a woman. Like, like he wants, because it, it saves us, he's trying to save us from heartache, pain, depression. He, he's trying to protect us from a world of hurt when we just give ourselves away to this person and that person. And, and, and God's like, no, that's, that's not the best that I have for you. The best that I have for you is if you would save yourself for, for your future spouse. And man, it's beautiful. It's protected. And, and I don't know you won't hear that in school, but man, that's God's best plan for your life. And if you screwed up already, start today. Man, start today. You can be pure today and save yourself for your future self, for your future spouse from today on, okay? And so we're, we're living in a time, right, where biblical values are not popular. And so the whole thing of the spirit of fear is to try us to be ashamed of being a Christian and being ashamed of other Christians, being ashamed that you tell people that you go to church, right? Being ashamed, right? Be, be, this is what the spirit of fear is doing in our lives and in our country today. Number two, number two. The second goal of the spirit of fear is to remove the belief that we have power. The spirit of fear wants to corner us and get us to believe that there's no way out, that we have no, no power. And listen, this is what our government is doing today. 
The spirit of fear is all over our current administration today, okay? With the whole, uh, man, government mandate, okay? Listen, guys, government mandates are never, ever good. Ever. Ever. And so it makes people feel like, man, I got no power. I've got no choice. And guys, this is how the spirit of fear works. The spirit of fear, one, one wants you to feel like, man, you've got no choice. You got to do this. You got to do that. And, and, and what a lie. Guys, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. The book of Acts says that it's dynamite. It's dunamis power. We literally have dunamis dynamite power living inside of us. And so, like, the spirit of fear wants to suffocate that. Doesn't want you to believe that you have any power to make a difference or you have any power to make choices in your life. God has given us free will. He's given us the power to choose, right? And because we have the ultimate power living inside of us and we serve the ultimate power in Jesus, we have power. But this whole, man, this is what the spirit of fear wants to get us to a place. Like, I don't have no choice. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to submit to government authority. I got to submit to my workplace. And and I, you don't have to. And listen, I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. I, don't, don't, don't put me in that category. But guys, government, like, like when they demand and you have no choice, guys, this is a slippery slope that we're going in towards, okay? It's a slippery slope. And if God's people just don't, if God's people don't stand up now, the Nuremberg trials, in the Nuremberg trials, they, they asked the, the, the German officers, they're like, how, or the Nazi officers, how are you able to get all of Germany to go along with killing millions of Jews? And they said it was easy. We used fear. They used a spirit of fear to, to make us believe like there's no choice, like, like we can't make a difference. I don't have power. Like this is exactly what Satan wants us to believe is that the church has no power. But Jesus said the exact opposite to Peter. He said, Peter, the gates of hell, all of hell will come after the church, but it will not prevail. Guys, we need to start living like we have power. Stop giving the spirit of fear control in that area. Number three, number three, the third thing, third goal of the spirit of fear is to stop us from loving one another. Jesus came to fulfill the law, right? He, he says, man, Ten Commandments, awesome. You should do all of them, absolutely. But Jesus is like, I came to give two more. Okay? And, and all the law can be summed up in these two things. Love God with all of your heart, mind, and soul. Like, man, like, let God be on the forefront of your mind when you wake up and you go to bed. Right? Like, oh, just, man, love God with everything that you have. And then love people like you love yourself. And based how many selfies are on Instagram, <laughs> I think we're nailing loving ourselves. 
And that includes difficult people too, right? Like, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, and and this, what the spirit of fear is doing is causing division to get us to hate each other, right? This whole cancel culture and you don't agree with, with, with the way I live and so I cancel you and... and you're not loving if you don't wear a mask or, or you're not loving if you don't get a vaccine and, or you don't, you're not loving. Like, it, it's all based on love. And guys, love and, and acceptance of lifestyle have nothing to do with each other or none of us would be loved by God. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're all fallen. We're all sinners, right? There, there's things that we do that God's just like, man, I don't like that, right? And but we're living in a culture in a time where Satan has deployed the spirit of fear to get us to separate, to not love each other, or to make it really hard to love one another. That's what he's trying to do. Because Jesus, because Jesus is like, man, the greatest commandment, love God and then love people. Because when we love, you want to make a difference at your workplace? Start loving all the people that are hard to love. You... You want to make a difference in your, in your family, in your social circles? and Man, just start loving difficult people. Man, love cuts through everything. I told this, this story first service, so I'm, I'm going to tell it this, this service. I didn't know if I was going to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it just to help us understand some cultural things. And I have to talk about this because it's so in our face and it's so cultural. Um, several years ago, there, there was a homosexual couple that, that came to church and, and they loved it. They felt accepted. Uh, they went to the Welcome Center and, and they just felt the presence of God. And the, they came up to me after service like, man, we felt, we felt God in this place. It was so amazing. And, and I'm like, awesome. I'm so glad that you felt the presence of God. And, and they're like, so um, here's the question. We're in a relationship together. How do you feel about that? And I said, look, look. I love you, and I'm so glad you're here, and God loves you so, so much, and he loves you so much, but your lifestyle is not going to stop me from preaching against homosexuality. Because God tells us specifically that it's a sin, but listen, I also preach against lying, also preach against stealing, also pre preach against adultery, also preach against murder, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't, God hates all sin. Do you know what I mean? Like, he hates it all equally, he, but he doesn't hate the sinner. Like, you're loved here. And, and here's the thing, here's the response. So they, they're like, man, we're so disappointed in you, and they walked away. And, and my heart broke for them because I, uh, I know that they'll find a church that will accept their lifestyle and tell them that it's okay and that it's not in the Bible, right? Like, you know, and, and man, that's not helping them at all because that's not God's best design for their life. God specifically, Jesus said, he made them male and female. Like, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. And look, look at, I know students, young, young adults, man, you'll hear all types of crazy things in school. But that is not God's best design. That's why he gave us a book. And he said, look, read the book. All the answers are in it. You got a question about anything? Just, just read it. Read the book, right? Like God has, he's equipped us 
for everything. The Bible, man, the Bible teaches us and corrects us. And, and, and so, listen, there's going to be a time where I will probably offend you at some point because I talk about your favorite sin. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but I'm just going to preach the Bible. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm just going to preach the Word of God. And it doesn't mean that I love you. It doesn't mean that I don't love you that week. Well, pastor doesn't love me this week. He talked about my sin. Can't believe it. Talked about anger this week, and I'm angry all the time. He must be following me around. And We need to take a week off because he talked about my sin this week. You know, and it's just like, guys, like, come on. Like, like I read the Bible every day, and I'm like, oh, I hate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's for, to get us to change the way we think and act so we can become the light of the world. And last week, we talked about unity, to be in a church that's unity, and I don't want us to confuse that with uniformity, okay? God's not asking us to look the same and dress the same and talk the same and all, you know, work at the church. And no, no, no. Unity is that we're all of the same spirit, right? We're all moving in the, the same direction. And, and God actually wants different personalities and, and different people, different talents and gifts. And he wants all different types of people that look different and dress different because, man, he, he wants to get the whole world saved. And he needs different personalities to reach different people. He, he needs people who are gifted in certain areas to reach different, different people in the world, right? Like, and so God's not calling us to be uniform, but he's calling us to be unity. And he actually loves the different personalities. We actually look at the personality of Paul to, to Timothy, right? Like Paul's just this wrecking ball fearless, you know, even before God. He's just a wrecking ball, fearless. He doesn't care. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's getting Christians arrested, getting them killed. And, and Jesus is like, I want that guy. Yeah, I pick him. And he has a supernatural experience with Jesus, right? He's the same guy, except for Jesus right? He's fearless. He's reckless. You know what I mean? He's just this wrecking ball for the kingdom of God. They arrest him. They put him in prison. He's like, I don't care. I'm just getting everybody saved in prison. You know what I mean? Like, he's just this. But Timothy wasn't wired that way. Timothy's like, you know, he's a little shy. You know, he's a little insecure. He, he's not sure about himself. But Timothy becomes this, this incredible pastor in, in Ephesus. I mean, he becomes just a, a giant of the faith in Ephesus as a pastor there because God loves to use different gifts and talents and personalities. So the spirit of fear is trying to get us to stop loving one another. Number four, number four. The fourth goal of the spirit of fear. To keep us lazy and undisciplined. <clears throat> so how the spirit of fear does this is he gets us to a place where we feel like we can't make a difference, right? So we, he gets us to a place like, oh man, do, do my prayers really matter? Like everything's so bad right now. Like, schools are bad, you know, my job's bad, the country's bad, you know what I mean? And, and, and just the spirit of fear wants to get us to this place of laziness and, and being undisciplined and to get us to this place where 
he wants us to believe that we can't make a difference in our world. And for some of you, like some of you are wondering, like, Matt, how, what should I do, you know? What are some of the things that I, I should do to, to, to make a difference? And listen, first, you should pray, okay? Um, you, you should be praying for our country. We should be praying for the schools. You should be praying. I mean, that is our, and, and again, like some of you are like, oh, I don't think my prayers are working. They, guys, they're working. They are, they are the, and I know it, it's, Again, it, it's that undisciplined thing, right? Like Satan doesn't want us to be disciplined in our prayer life because he knows that our prayers destroy demonic strongholds on the earth. And so maybe God is calling you to start a, a, a prayer group at your work. So you're like, what? Yeah, before work, Pray. Get together with all the Christians, and it just might be you, right? Me, myself, and I. I got three people, and the Holy Spirit, four, okay? Yeah, and, and, and maybe that's where it starts, but I'm telling you, if you have the courage to do that, God will bring you other believers. Maybe he's asking you to have a Bible study during lunch at work or at Starbucks. Come on, you feel that tension, right? Oh, should I bring my Bible to Starbucks? Someone might see me, think that I'm like Holy Roller or something. You know what I mean? Like, someone might say something to you. Yeah, they might say something to you. And God will give you an opportunity to like love them and, and just speak the truth in their life. Like, that's how God works. Many times he works through simple obediences, like small, simple obediences. That's how God changes the world. It's when his people are just like, you know what? I'm going to have the courage. I'm going to obey. I'm going to start a Bible study at work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray at school. Come on, somebody. Come on, students. You, you can start praying. You're going to have a prayer group at school, before school, at lunchtime. Man, get your Bible out. I don't man, I know. But God will honor you for that. He will bless you for, for that. And the spirit of fear just wants to keep us in this place of undisciplined and, and laziness. And it's the belief that we can't make a difference. We, we can't change this, this world. It's, it's too far gone. Man, that, that's the father of lies. So let me, let me just give you some practical things. And, and, and this is really from my life, how I can start telling that I'm becoming lazy and undisciplined, okay? There's some, some practical things. Uh, the, the first thing that I start doing is, is um, I'm not sleeping good. The spirit of fear will start attacking my dreams and my thoughts and start waking me up, okay? That, that, that's my first sign that I'm getting lazy and undisciplined in, in my life. And, and, and man, the spirit of fear wants, wants us not to be rested, the second thing that, that it's kind of a, a red flag for me is, is, is when I'm eating like garbage, okay? When I'm just kind of defaulting to fast food. And, and the, the big thing for me is soda. When I start drinking soda again, I'm like, okay, what, what is going on in my life spiritually? Drinking Coke again. You know what I mean? Like, and then the third thing is when I start over-caffeinating myself, right? I, I just keep drinking coffee 
or energy drinks, and, and what happens is I end up crashing, right? You're good for a while, right? And you stop eating food, and you're just over-caffeinating yourself, and, 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 and all of a sudden you crash, right? And you, you just get in this place of laziness and ickiness, and, and it's just this place of undiscipline. Hey guys, this is what the spirit of fear is trying to do. He's trying to get this temple to be weak. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and for most of us, man, he, he's not going to rip our salvation. He's not going to rip the direction of our lives away. Man, we're following Jesus. But what he can do is he's, he can attack this temple of the Holy Spirit to make it weak. And so there's, there's just some things, guys, man. And if, if the spirit of fear is attacking your, your dreams, man, you need to come against that spirit and, and start praying peace over you and peace over your children. You're going to take that, that spirit by the throat and cast it back to the pit of hell. <laughs> Guys, we, we just need to be aware of what we're putting in our body because this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and sometimes, you know, Satan will attack sometimes the weakest thing in our life and sometimes it's our bodies. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of this temple of the Holy Spirit. My hope today is that we start understanding the tension and, and, and the spirit of fear that, man, when we're courageous for God, the spirit of fear cannot dwell in that environment. It can't. It can't cohabitate when, man, when God's people are, are courageous and standing on the word of God, the spirit of fear cannot live in that environment. Guys, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And whenever you start to feel that tension, right, you start calling out that spirit. And you say, in Jesus' name, get behind me, Satan. In Jesus' name, spirit of fear, go back to the pit of hell. I am a warrior of God. I am strong. I am courageous. And I'm going to walk up the purpose and the plan that God has for my life. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. First things first. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. I need to say yes to him today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you've drifted from God and you just let the things of this world just kind of suck you in. And, and, and today's the day where you need to, to repent and, and, and turn to God and recommit your life to Jesus. And what's so awesome about God is the moment you repent is the moment all of his promises and purposes and his grace come back into your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your personal declaration of faith today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just leave it up. Thank you, God. You can just put it down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.